Good morning. I'm Daniel Wilson. I'm the chair of the Pastor Search Committee. Uh, last week, uh, surveys were passed out. If you've turned them in, thank you. Uh, if you have not, you still have two more weeks. If you weren't here last Sunday and you don't have one, after the service, meet me in the lobby. We have uh, forms to give out. Um, I would note on the form is an email address you can send in uh, your survey responses or anything else. Uh, and, and just so you know, that password to that email address is only known by four people, myself, Kara Manning, Kim Doherty, and Lois East. Uh, we gave it to Galen Doty, but I'm sure he's already forgot it. So uh, again, if you don't have a form, meet me in the lobby after the service and we'll get you one. Thank you. Okay, uh, this is Chair of Choir uh, 2021, no, 2122. We're in the year. Anyway, I would like to recognize my workers. I have an awesome staff, and it's my privilege to be able to work with these guys each and every week. I have Julie Doty, if you guys wouldn't mind standing, but that way I can say who you are. Uh, Leanne McMinnemy, Nancy Clark, Deborah McQuillan, Dan Asbell, and Austin LaRue. We've had as many as 30 kids on our rolls. Um, we have, I believe, 17 here this morning. These guys are awesome. They, they sing their little hearts out. Sometimes I get a little rowdy, but I'm glad I got all my staff to, to help me keep them under control. So hopefully you'll enjoy them this morning.
Thank you, Chair Choir, and especially thank you to all the moms who uh, got their kids here early this morning. Appreciate that. So let's stand together. Our psalm reading this morning is Psalm 23, which you all know really well. As we uh, enter this next section of our time of worship, we're, we're going to just remember and think about God's faithfulness to us. As the kids sang, the rains fell and the, and the water came up, um, we build our house on the rock, the rock of Jesus, because he is faithful. Um, let's read aloud together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, 1-6. Amen. We're going to take another moment and pray silently as we pray in this time. Think about how God has been faithful to you, to your family, to lead you through difficult times, and just praise Him and thank Him.
Christ is my firm foundation. Yes. 
saying a little while ago the rains came the wind blew but my house is built on you the rain came and wind blew but my house was built on you I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it Let's all stand together, read again our gospel reading. This is from John chapter 10. 
Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they know me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. John 10, 22-30. Well, as we uh, approach this next prayer, it's a prayer of surrender. And I know if personally, as a parent, uh, there's an element of life where you realize that much of it is out of our control. Our kids, um, you know, they do their own things. And it's out of our control. And so part of being a parent, a mother or a father, is surrender. Surrendering our families to the Lord. And if you're not a parent, there's that same element of surrender. We just all need to surrender to him. So let's pray. Take a moment, silently pray. And uh, let's surrender to the Lord. try to control our future and the future of our families. We come this morning acknowledging you are the Lord of our lives and we surrender once again to your leadership. We trust you, Lord, in good times and bad. Forgive us for trying to control parts of our lives and our families' lives that are out of our control and help us, Lord, to trust you more. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with 
this morning to begin with uh, a couple of expressions of gratitude uh, for a couple of folks. And, and so I, I want, oh, by the way, let me pause just a moment. Hi, Mom. I love you. <laughs> I, I got that idea from the kids. <laughs> and some of you responding to them. <laughs> Hopefully my mother will see it after a while and she'll, she'll get a laugh too. Russell and Sharon... Hendrick, thank you. 40 years, almost. Just a couple more days. So thank you, Russ and Sharon, for role modeling for us uh, long-term marriage. And, and now this next one comes with a tremendous apology because I missed this one. Um, and it was printed in the program. Now, normally, I only know about these because you tell me in the hallway or you hand me a note, but this one was printed in the program. 
and I missed it. And so it comes with an apology, but it is with great with gratitude and for them and for their role model, David and Kathy Wilson, 44 years. Thank you. Thank you so much for role modeling and for, for um, all that you do to help kind of keep my life straight uh, with the schedule and things. Um, later this week, the Lowe family is heading out again, right? Am I in the right week? Okay. Later this week, they're heading out again to serve another term with um, Alaska Village Mission. And so before we go any further this morning, I, I just want to, um, for us to pause to pray for them, uh, just the Lord's blessing and the commissioning over them. So I'm not going to ask them to come up to the front and, or even to stand, but they're right up here in the front. So just as you look this way, and we'll pray for uh, Jeff and Amber and Parker. Uh, and the venture they're about to take later this week. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to you for your call in the life of Jeff and Amber and Parker and the opportunity you've set before them with Alaska Village Mission. And I pray, Lord, your protection upon them as they travel, um, as they as they move from island to island and to do the various work that they are, are there to do. I, I just pray, Father, for their safety physically. I pray for uh, a, your spirit to protect them from the evil one because he desires to disrupt and to distract uh, from the work you have set for them to do. So protect them, uh, Lord, from this. I pray also uh, that your anointing will be upon them and they will receive favor among the, the leadership uh, on, in the various islands and at the various villages. Um, and the doors will be opened and they will receive invitations to come to minister uh, among the people in the various places where they'll be. These open doors, Lord, are critical. And so we just ask you, by the power of your spirit, to give them access uh, for the gospel to the people uh, in the area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The one function of a sermon is to uh, clarify reality. So let me just, uh, so here it is up front. We did not get to choose our mothers. When it comes to moms and dads, we get what we get. Um, some of us, some of us get great moms, some of us get good moms, some of us get not so good moms. Whichever we have or had, we still have a moral obligation to honor them. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, 12, if you need a reference reminder to honor your mother. And so we, and, and the truth of the matter is sometimes mothers are just confused, all right? My mother gets confused from time to time for different reasons than what I'm about to say. But 
Sometimes moms are just confused. The great ones think they are not so good. Yeah. They second guess, they question themselves. And they think, oh, I'm just not so good. Those, those, are, those are great moms. And the, the not so great moms, some of them think, I got this. And they're just confused. What I want moms to know is your value as a mom is not based upon your mom performance. Your value as a mom is based upon your love of Jesus. Your value as a mom is based upon how you take your love for Jesus and bring it into life every day with your children and how we get to see you walk in faith with among us and we get to know you really believe what you're what you're teaching and you you demonstrate you demonstrated your love for Jesus by the way that you walk with us. And, and I, I, I want you to know and just encourage you to live the faith you have in Jesus. And when your children become adults, they will praise you. Now, the little, the little guys may not catch this yet. <laughs> but when we get to be adults and we reflect and we see the sacrifice, and we see the contribution our mothers have made, we rise up and praise them as we, as we seek to honor them. There is a common denominator among mothers, and this common denominator is mothers want the best for their children. Just... It doesn't matter if you're a great mom, a good mom, or a not-so-good mom. You still want the best for your children. And Matthew, Matthew tells us a story in uh, uh, chapter 20, verses 20, 20 through actually 28, but for this first section, just these first three verses, of a, uh, of, of a mother doing what mothers do. She desires the best for her children. She kneels before Jesus and she asks a favor. She she has just heard Jesus predict for the third time his death and resurrection uh, when they get to Jerusalem. So let's, let's look at these verses. Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 uh, and following. The mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. And she said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. 
How do you respond when someone asks of you a favor? Somebody come to, to you and they say, would you do me a favor? How many, how many of us say, sure? No. Most of us say, uh, it depends. Most of us say, well, what is it? You know, we're never really, we're never really willing to just step into a yes when someone asks us a favor. And, and it's not a flaw on our part. Jesus did the same thing. When, when this mom comes and, and, to, and, and asks, he asks a favor, Jesus, Jesus, well, what, what, do you, what do you want? And note that Matthew, Matthew is careful not to identify any of these characters beyond their relationship to Zebedee because his point his point is really to, to clarify what it means to, to be a follower of Jesus. So when somebody asks me for a favor, I just I want to know what it is before I make the commitment. And, and so Jesus, so she makes her she makes her request. I have these two handsome sons. They'd be, they'd, they would look really nice, sitting one at your right and the other at your left. You know I'm expanding the story at that point just to kind of pique your interest. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus does what a lot of us, we can't do. Somebody asks us a favor, we try to do it whether we can or not. But Jesus is just, he's just kind of blunt with her. Not so much with her, but his response his response is to the sons, not uh, uh, their, their mother. And when she asks, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand or the other, Jesus, Jesus responded to the sons. Now, the base of her question, the base of her question is she's just heard Jesus talking about What's going to happen when they go to Jerusalem? But before that even, she, back in chapter 19, she heard Jesus say this. Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left his houses or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields for my sake, will receive 100 times as much as, and, and will inherit eternal life. But to many who are, who are first will be last, and the many who are last will be first. Jesus asks, Jesus asks the question, of these two sons. Can you identify with my suffering? Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink from? Can you, can you connect to the pain I am facing? And these sons of Zebedee, they respond, we can. Yeah. 
We can. We got this. Jesus said, well, before he responded, let me just say, they didn't understand what was about to happen. Even though he's told them three times what's about to happen, they do not yet understand what is about to happen. And Jesus, when Jesus says to them, you will, you will drink from this cup. You will identify with me in this suffering. And, but in the renewal of things, what happens then is up to the Father. When we read through Matthew's story of a mom's request for a favor, It is an opportunity for Jesus to teach the disciples, because they're all there, to teach the disciples one more time what it means to follow him. Listen to what Jesus said to them, verse 25. Well, verse 24, so that you know they were all there. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brethren. Jesus called him together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Matthew, in telling this story, leaves us three breadcrumbs. Three breadcrumbs to help us understand fully what it means to follow Jesus. He, he, first, he first identifies this, this idea of humility. When he said back in verse 19, verse, in chapter 19, verse 30, he said, but many of but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And also, when mom comes, her posture before Jesus, the kneeling down before him reflects her humility. Following Jesus, fully following Jesus requires humility from each one of us. Because... As much as we think we understand, we're just like the disciples. We don't have this figured out yet. We are, we are in process. And so in process, we approach him humbly seeking to know more and more and more from him. Following, and, and then... Then Matthew introduces us to this next breadcrumb, the breadcrumb of suffering. Listen to, listen to what Jesus has said to them. In, um, go back to verse, 20, uh, verse 19, verse 18 and 19. And here, Jesus, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death 
and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. Can you, can you drink this cup? He asks the disciples. Can, can you drink from this cup? that I'm going to drink, and they say, yes, we can. And Jesus said, you will. And a lot of people get this wrong. Fully following Jesus includes some suffering. Fully following Jesus includes some pain and some sorrow and some suffering. And believers across the centuries have experienced a tremendous amount of suffering because they chose to follow Jesus. Now, the American church knows little about suffering because we live in a land of plenty. And we've, we've heard that if you follow Jesus, you, get, you have health and you have wealth and, and you get baloney. Because following Jesus includes some suffering. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that every day is going to be suffering. It doesn't mean that we're in constant turmoil and struggle. But it does mean we are not exempt from the attack of the evil one who will produce suffering in your life and mine. We are not exempt from pain that, that, that comes from broken relationships from unrealized dreams. You see, just because I'm a believer doesn't, doesn't change all those things. Fully following Jesus means I'm going to suffer some. Jesus said, can you drink this cup? Can you drink from this cup that I'm going to drink? And the third breadcrumb is servanthood. Verse 27, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Not all servants were slaves, but all slaves were servants. See, and this is this common, ordinary slave Jesus is talking about. Someone whose life was fully controlled by someone else because they were, they belonged to them. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Fully following Jesus demands voluntary servitude. I willingly say, Jesus, you are my master. Jesus, you are my Lord. 
and I willingly volunteer for whatever comes as he directs it in my life. Now, I know some of you just checked out on this when I start talking about servitude because you're allergic to two words, volunteer and service. So you've got to get over that if you want to be a fully follower, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And before you protest too much, <laughs> just listen to Jesus. Jesus said, just as, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. For many. You see, it's, it's the DNA of a follower of Jesus to be a service, and to be a servant, and to not, and to not do so reluctantly. You know, life is so much easier when I just say yes to Jesus. When it gets hard is when I resist and I struggle and I step back from what he wants me to do. But it's much easier when I say yes. When he opens the door and I say yes. You see, it's it's it's. Just as, just as, just as Jesus, listen to, listen to Paul in Philippians. Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And in Paul's, in Paul's words, we revisit those three breadcrumbs. So in the end of this, I imagine, now that's key, Keep, let, let me hear me say I imagine because I don't want you to think I'm making up scripture here. But in the end of this, I imagine. I imagine this mom turning to her sons and asking them for a favor. What, mom? Please follow Jesus because the common denominator among moms everywhere is the desire for the best they desire the best for their children and the best for your children and for you is to follow Jesus so would you do yourself a favor today by following Jesus Prayer is the required spiritual discipline of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And several times through our morning, we have, we have paused to pray in some way or another. Because 
because it's here. In the experiences of prayer, we truly learn what he desires from us and how we can fully commit ourselves to follow him. So some here today need to pray for deeper levels of commitment and for a willingness to serve. You see, when you get Jesus, it's just as. We serve just as he did. And some of us just need to come before the Lord. We really need to pray for God to open us to new levels of commitment and new levels of serving him and others. Others need to take the first step of a beginning commitment to follow Jesus. And we take the first step in this beginning commitment, likewise, through prayer. When we ask him to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness, when we declare him as Lord of our lives and acknowledge we believe you're alive, we believe the resurrection. And in those moments, we ask him to transform our lives, to make us new so that we can follow him. So whether you need to come and pray or pray where you are about new levels of commitment or if you need to confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, this is the time to do it. So we're going to stand and sing, and as we sing in a few moments, if you, if you want, just come kneel and pray. That's great. If you're looking for a church home, we'd welcome members at this time. Come and share with us your desire to be a part of the mission God's placed us upon here, which is to make disciples by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. But if you need to take that very first step in con of confession before the Lord, I also invite you to come. Let, me, let us pray together. If you join us online this morning, just go to the website, firstbaptistclinton.church, and click the I Want Jesus in My Life button. Or you may text or call me at my number, personal number, 660-890-4150. How will you respond? to Jesus' call in your life today. While we sing, you'll respond. Just step out, come forward, share with me your decision in the room, or click the button online. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me, my Jesus set me free. At the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from His side, no greater sacrifice. What He's done, what He's done, all the glory and the honor to the Son, my sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I pray.